Hemp, cannabis. Cannabis, hemp. Is there a difference or are they one and the same? In this episode of the Latino Business Report, we're going to talk and learn about hemp, its different uses and benefits. Throughout history, hemp has been used extensively across the world for paper, fabrics, and even medicines. Hemp was one of the first cultivated fiber plants with archaeological records of its use tracing back to ancient civilization in northern China as early as 10,000 B.C. Hemp is definitely not something new, but I predict you'll be hearing a lot more about it in the near future. Hemp or cannabis with less than 0.3% or less THC can also be grown to produce a wide variety of products such as paper, clothing, textiles, animal feed, plastics, food products such as hemp seed, hemp milk, hemp protein powder, hemp oil, and the list goes on. Because hemp grows faster than trees and other crops, it is considered to be a more sustainable way of making products like paper and textiles. Because of hemp's wide variety of uses, it can be very profitable. And one of the best places in the United States to plant this fast-growing, high-yield, and profitable crop is Texas's own Lower Rio Grande Valley. Welcome to the Latino Business Report. This podcast covers business, people, and issues of the day from a Latino perspective. The Latino Business Report is brought to you by TAMAC, the Texas Association of Mexican-American Chambers of Commerce. TAMAC is the leading Hispanic business organization in Texas since 1975. Now for your host, J.R. Gonzalez. And welcome to the Latino Business Report. Today, we're going to be talking about a subject I really don't know that much about, hemp. And to help us figure that whole thing out is a friend of mine or somebody who I met recently, he is now a friend, is Rudy Montes. Rudy, how are you doing today, bud? I'm doing good, JR. Thank you, sir. Pleasure to actually be on the show with you. Well, thank you for being here. And Rudy, let's talk about hemp. Now, I know hemp, a lot of people know about it, but they really don't know about it. Hemp dates back to what? 10,000 years ago plus ancient Chinese, but it has an interesting history. Can you just kind of give us a little background uh, that kind of that 35,000 foot view of what hemp is and how it's used? Sure. Um, You know, like you mentioned, hemp goes back thousands of years ago, originally out of China. We used to actually have some of it here in Texas, back in Angleton, uh, Texas, and they use it for quite a bit of remedies for medical wise. They also had a lot of it was used for rope. As you know, where the um, the Constitution is actually written on hemp paper. Well, uh, stop, stop, stop. The the Constitution, the United States Constitution, is written on hemp. Yes, hemp sir. paper. Well, I'll be done. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Didn't mean and, to, didn't mean to interrupt. Okay. A lot a lot of the um, hemp that was a, a big. Um, a big, um, how would I say, demand during World War II. Hemp sales for ships and uh, rope, they had uh, a lot of requirements from the, the military and a lot of people were growing it. They actually had a lot of people, farmers that were saying, you know, you have to grow this hemp, we need it for the war. And it was called Victory for Hemp. Well, if hemp has been around for so long, Rudy, and it's been so popular, what happened to it? Because it seems like it kind of disappeared for a while there. It did, and it it disappeared right around the 1930s. I want to say 1936. It had a bad stigma as the de- devil's lettuce or the devil's cabbage, where it was had the the psychoactive uh, effects uh, with its THC, and uh, THC is part of the plant 
with the cannabinoids. But as you know, with marijuana, you had the psychedelic, psychedelic effects that would have. That is part of the THC area. And hemp is part of more of the cannabinoids, what you're going to get. And that's what you see driving by the stores that has CBD on it. Okay. So does hemp have THC? It has a little bit of THC. Okay. And does it, can you extract CBD from hemp? Yes, you have to. And the regulations is right now through the United States, we can only do up to 0.03 of THC, uh, 0.03% of THC. So that means it has a little bit of it, but not a lot. But you can't tell the effect from 0.03 to 1%. When you start looking at marijuana, now you're looking at, you know, 7 to 25% THC on it, which is very, you know, very high. You can get yourself very high with it. A lot of people use that for like cancer patients. You know, when you have cancer right. and chemo, it helps out quite a bit. But a lot of people don't know when you start getting into marijuana, you get into the full stuff already, but you don't microdose. When I say microdose, I would say apply hemp first with cannabinoids before you start moving into THC, which is a stronger effect. All right. Rudy, I am totally confused. All right. But all right. Maybe the listeners out there are a little smarter than me. So hemp is not marijuana. That's correct. Hemp is not marijuana. But hemp has some of the characteristics in a smaller portion that marijuana has. Yes. And it looks the same. It smells the same. You know, it's a little bit different uh, when you're using it. Uh, hemp and marijuana, they look the same when they're growing. When you're looking at hemp for industrial, which I'm in, it's totally different. It looks like a large bamboo plant that's, that skyrockets about 18 feet high. Okay. And so there's where the the product or the money is right in the industrial hemp. Yes, sir. And there's a lot of people that are starting to grow that for textiles or hempcrete or hemp boards, you know, different commodities that are out there, animal bedding, uh, just so many of them that you can do that. But we don't have a lot of growers or processors in the United States because we didn't do this before 2014. It was illegal. Now that it's back on, now people are saying, you know. Oh, 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 stop. We're right. It was illegal because of why? Because of that thing in the 1930s that got the bad rap? Yes. Okay. So hemp was being heavily used. It kind of got slapped on the hand. Illegal. Now it's legal again. Yes, sir. Now, Now then, you said industrial hemp. So what's the difference between industrial hemp and regular hemp? That's a good question. Regular hemp, I always look at it as your pharmaceutical. That's going to be what you're going to either smoke or take as a tincture under your tongue or apply it to your skin for a salve or a topical lotion versus industrial hemp, which you're looking for fiber and grain. And those are going to be used for commodities for like textiles or shirts or hemp but yet, or buildings. But yet hemp is not marijuana. That's correct. Okay. So- let me cut to the bottom line. Not that I'm going to do it, but if I were to grow hemp in my backyard, you know, with some lights and everything else, is that legal? If it's not industrial hemp, if it's regular hemp? Yes, it is legal to grow that as long as you have the proper uh, license uh, and registration with the Texas Department of Agriculture. Okay. Do I need a license and registration for industrial hemp? Yes, you do. Okay. So it is regulated then? Yes. No matter No matter how you cut it, how you grow it, Hemp, marijuana is both. Well, marijuana is not. That's well, we don't story. do marijuana here in Texas. We only do hemp, but there are only three companies in the state of Texas that are allowed to go up to 1%. 
And that 1%, those are all um, blessed off by the Texas governor. And that's the only ones. We don't do recreational here in Texas. Not okay. yet. So uh, I believe Texas is only going to do medical first before they go recreational. All right. Now that I have some degree of basic understanding, let's talk about industrial hemp and how that's being used and what the future of that product looks like here in Texas and across the country and the world. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yes. Uh, You know, industrial hemp is coming along very nice. It's a low risk instead of a cannabinoid or the other hemp for pharmaceuticals. You don't have to worry about, you know, having a high risk to grow that. When you grow the pharmaceutical side of it, you got so many regulations. But with the industrial side, you don't have too many regulations. You still have regulations from the state and federal, but it's a lot easier. And we don't have too much labor. It's all mechanical. It's all through machines. It's all for large ag or big ag farmers with huge combines and tractors and cedars, you know, uh, planters that can go out there and do this. And we're doing hundreds to thousands of acres. It's kind of like how cotton started off back in the days. Well, we're almost in the same era right now as industrial hemp starting off. It's getting to be where it replaces cotton or it can actually blend in to reduce maybe half the growing population of cotton and have hemp with it. Okay. I understand growing. I mean, and from my research, um, the hemp has a better yield. You can probably grow two or three crops in a year with hemp as opposed to other products, but is there a market for it, Rudy? Is there a market for it? I mean, you can grow it all day long, but if nobody's buying it or using it. That's right. Yes, that's a good question, JR, because whenever our, 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 how do I say, our structure of the industry right now is just starting off. So whenever we start growing it, who do we sell it to? You know, where is it going to go? And now what kind of uh, product are you going to be able to use out of it? As you mentioned earlier, here in Texas, we can do it two to three times a year versus up north Texas, Colorado or Montana. They only got one shot at it. We've got multiple shots that we can be able to do. That's the great thing about growing it here in Texas. Because of, because of the climate, right? I mean, that's Texas. correct. So if a farmer were to go out and let's say they grow sugarcane on their field and there's only what one cycle a year they do sugarcane, there's a lot of work, but if they were to grow hemp, they can get maybe two, three crops out of that same piece of land? Yes. And you rotate it with your other crops. So if I'm going to grow corn and I'm growing that for four or five months, as soon as I harvest corn, I'm planting hemp. And then when hemp's done, I can sell that and I go right back to corn or go to a different crop. What hemp does, it helps rejuvenates the soil. It helps get all the bad chemicals and all the bad metal out of it. And it actually makes the soil a lot purer for your other commodity crop like corn or sorghum or any of that other stuff out there. So it's a good rotational crop. So has hemp has characteristics that can heal the body. It also has characteristics that can heal the earth. It's a wonderful plant. I'm telling you, God made it for us. God made it for you and me. You know, how they always say, but it's, it's really wonderful, sir. Well, it, it it's definitely an interesting product. Now, my early connection with hemp or first know about it was hemp clothing. So in the textile industry, there'd be a lot of, I, I know there, it was a textile. So a lot of clothes were made of, of hemp, right? Now, let me ask this question. If I were to like, you know, if I were in Mexico or I was coming from South Texas and I have to go through a border checkpoint and I'm wearing a hemp made shirt, 
are them dogs going to be hitting on me and sniffing and going, well, we, we, we hit on something here. No, sir. They them, won't do them, that. Them drug dogs aren't going to get me. No, we worked with okay. the border patrol quite a bit. And what they're looking for is methamphetamines, you know, really stuff that can actually harm uh, a person for plants like this. They don't have it. As long as you have your license and you're good, they won't even stop you. All they're doing is if you're an American citizen, you're good. So we pass through there plenty of times with plants and they don't say nothing. They're like, they just give you the thumbs up, rock on. Good to know. Good to know. But I still don't want to try it. Anyway, so hemp hemp and, and marijuana, very similar in characteristics, but different purposes. Rudy, we talked about, you talked about materials, the textile, rope. What other what other purposes does hemp have? I know uh, in construction. I mean, they're in their in their purpose for it in the construction industry as well. Yes, sir. They are actually doing a lot of hempcrete coming out. What hempcrete? It's a binding of the herd of hemp and lye. So what I believe it's don't, lye. Don't don't. Don't lie to me. Tell me the truth. I mean, I really no, want to know. I'm, t- I'm telling you. And you, you're mixing it the same way. You know, you're mixing it like you're mixing concrete and you're plastered on like a stucco. Usually people have a, like a gun or they, they where they shoot it onto the side of the wall or they actually um, make bricks out of it, like more of like a Legos. And those are coming out more often. So those construction people that are out there, you know, those are the new things that are coming up. Why? It's better insulated. Uh, People have put fire against it with a torch and it doesn't really do anything. Plus, instead of you um, drilling or carving into the earth by doing these big rock quarries, you can actually do half of that by mixing it with a crop that is going to be a plant. That plant is a carbon negative. If a lot of people understand through the government, they always want to say, all right, as you see, look how many electric cars that are coming out. They rose the gas prices that are coming up. They don't want a lot of carbon out there. Hemp throws off a, a plenty of portion where it helps save that climate, you know, um, where it has that global warming. And uh, speaking of that, we've been just applied for the USDA to do the Climate Crop Smart Commodity Partnership with USDA just recently. Hmm. Now, I'm also looking at when we first met a couple months ago, you showed me a product where you can actually make boards out of hemp. I mean, for fencing or decks or patios or uh, framing. I mean, just, I mean, these were like, this product was solid. I mean, I mean, yeah, you saw it was pretty heavy. Yeah. I mean, it was heavy. It was dense. I don't even know how you can drive a nail into that stuff. I mean, it's, it was, that's true. I mean, these things are really tough. And if you think about it, all right, it takes us 15 to 20 years to grow wood and then lumber it. And then, you know, to be able to go through a mill and you have a two by four, I can do that in six months. You know, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. One more time. Let's repeat that for a, for a lumber. It takes how long for a tree to grow where it's, where it's 15 to 20 years. And then you harvest that and then it goes through the mill and then it goes like, you know, once it goes through the mill, then it has to be treated. And then it goes into being cut by either, you know, plywood or two by fours or four by fours, whatever it is. It takes about 15 to 20 years. Well, and a hemp, we do a 90 to 120 day rotation and about probably a month after that it's processed into a board. So we can do that within six months and do the same thing without cutting trees down by utilizing what's growing in the field and applying it to a binding agent like 
maybe um, polypropylene or something like that to where we can bind it towards it. And now we're making boards for framing or decking or fences where now it'll last a lot longer than it is for trees and we don't have to cut it down. I'll be darn. Yeah. I mean, six months, that's, that's a pretty quick turnaround. And this stuff, I mean, I've seen it. It is, that is solid stuff. I mean, that, it, it's going to probably outlast a board, wouldn't it? It would. We've seen some that outlast quite a bit of it. Down in the Rio Grande Valley, we've seen some that have been up around a house for over 20 years. My biggest test is looking at it for tropical weather, like um, maybe uh, boat docks or boardwalks, you know, where it gets beat to hell with the heat and, you know, the water or salt water and uh, really would be able to put that through a test. But those been up for quite a bit in some of the houses down in the Rio Grande Valley with the, you know, the high heat. Okay. Now, Rudy, we keep talking about the, the Rio Grande Valley. Um, and the reason for that is, I mean, there's great soil down there. You got a lot of uh, crops, but you said earlier that the climate is really, really conducive to growing multiple crops per year. So it's the right climate down there. What other, what other things you have happening in the Valley with, with this product? We're so close to Mexico. We're so close to, you know, relations and business that are down there, especially if they were in, since we're doing textile, we push it across the border where it goes to the factories that are over there because here in the United States, it just costs too much. The whole overhead structure for here in the United States costs too much to start putting into a shirt. We've looked at a lot of that, you know, and being in our strategic location close to the border is going to be key. We can grow it up here in Austin, but we get more better weather down south than we are up here in Austin. Plus, we've got 600 to a million acres to grow rather than around central Texas, where it's just maybe 200,000 acres. Okay. is And so, and I'm sure it is, I mean... For example, hemp made into clothing or, or to a product. A lot of the folks here in the in the states aren't geared towards that, so it's retooling, it's re, reconfiguring the machinery and everything to allow for the hemp. And what I heard you say, and correct me if I'm wrong, that in Mexico you can usually get the same thing, probably a lot less expensive because they're just geared to it or it's just cheaper to produce down there right now both right now you know right now we see we don't see a lot of laborers that are in the field you know we sort of see a lot of labor you know intense labor that's actually working in the field we don't see that no more so we have to look at what's a backup what's conventional you know that's mechanicals big tractors and then we send it across the border for certain things that we don't have that capability of and if we did have that capability jr it would be so expensive you will not be able to see a return on your investment now, Rudy, I was looking through, through my notes and you had mentioned something that with good machinery and machinery is going to be key to the harvesting of, of the hemp, but a crew of about three to five people can handle how many acres when it comes to, to care and harvesting? Acres. Thousands of acres, literally yep. thousands yep. of acres. Yeah, that's the thing. That's a good, that's the best part about it. When you're looking at it, of course, you got machines that are going to be able to do all the planting and harvesting. But when you start talking about CBD or marijuana, or, you know, the pharmaceutical side, that requires handheld cutting and harvesting. Why? Because it's going inside your body. You got to really treat it as it's going to be a clean area, and you've got to have more manpower doing that. So it's very hard to actually 
plant and do CBDs and the market right now is so bad that it's very saturated. It's, you don't know who's growing it or what kind of growers out there or, you know, if they're even licensed. Right. Now with the industrial hemp, the soil, I mean, good soil is basic, but you also said that the the, the plant itself rejuvenates the soil. What type of, I mean, water and care. I mean, does it take a lot of a lot of care and, and cultivating or is it just like a, a wild weed that once it starts growing, it just grows? A lot of times it's like a wild weed, JR. Right now, our plants that we have planted March 23rd only got about a little bit over five inches of rain and they're about 10 foot tall right now. So, you know, it's very drought and they survive in that hot and they survive in that hot texas south yes, texas sir. sun and heat yes sir yes sir. with a little bit of water and a little bit of growing. water it's 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 natural it's mother nature's plant that's you know that's the plant that is going to be able to save the earth right there so rudy why in the heck is it taking us so long to get this thing back on the market everybody that's out there right now are still trying to you know put things together, you know, to try to grow it. A lot of people, a lot of farmers, the majority of them out there is, oh, that's marijuana. Oh, they just don't know. Why? Because they haven't been educated. You know, there's not enough education to kind of go around. It's coming around, but, you know, the infrastructure is very hard. The machines to actually process it, they don't make those anymore. you got to buy them overseas. So, Rudy, is it safe to say that even though this product or this plant has, and a product has been around for thousands and thousands of years it's kind of getting a reemergence if you will here since what do you say 2014 and it's relatively a new industry again it the pioneering it right now we're just out there spearheading it there's probably two or three companies in texas that are doing it right now uh maybe 10 total in the united states and i can only imagine with a product like this and with added technology and machinery there's probably uses we haven't even figured out yet for the hemp as well that's right. That's right. There's a lot of stuff out there. Even with my line of products that we can do from hemp boardings, we're actually got a product that can go animal bedding. So now looking at all the rodeos where all the cattle is, you know, and your horses, that's all the bedding. Well, when you start looking at that, you know, you got the pneumonia rate, you know, whenever they urinate on that, it has that high, it tolerates quite a bit of that, you know, and it soaks it up a lot faster than it does regular cedar um, that's been chipped for bedding. Look at the oil and gas industry. We've got products that are going oil and gas industry that are eco-friendly. You know, we're doing uh, what they call LCM, lost circulation material, drill mud. And those get pushed into the earth area for any kind of hollow areas where they drill for fracking. Those get filled in with uh, hemp instead of concrete. People used to put a concrete in there. All you're doing is shooting, you know, rocks and concrete but what we're doing we're actually putting something that's actually good back into the soil so there's a bright future for hemp but yet there's a not not that many people are doing really what are you and some of your folks doing to try to i don't want to say promote the product but at least get into the industry of the ground floor what's happening out there right now education is key 
education and understanding what it can do and getting to farmers. What we're trying to do right now is identify farmers that have land that want to be able to start growing this and just try to help them find a processor that's going to be able to buy that from them. I would suggest never grow anything unless you know somebody is on contract to buy it. Having a good buyer or having a good contract with somebody who's going to be able to buy that's going to be key. Everybody wants to be able to test it out and see how it's going to do. But I would say talk to somebody like myself who I can be able to tell you where do you get the genetics from? How are you going to grow it? Who's going to buy it? And that person buying it, you know, as long as everybody's making the money out of it and it's actually helping Mother Earth, it's a win-win situation. So this is a product that was legal, became illegal, now it's legal again, and with technology and all the possible uses, there's just no end to what could possibly happen with this product or with this that's, plant. That's correct. We see this as a next, it's almost, it's almost like cotton, but we will never get rid of cotton, but we'll just block, start blending it more with hemp. You start seeing 55% hemp, 45% cotton shirts that are coming out, and they're very soft. China, their military has nothing but hemp uniforms. We don't have that. We use cotton. That's fine. We, we grow that. But when we started looking at hemp, we can actually make the farmers can actually make a little bit more money and grow it more with hemp than it is with cotton. And cotton, as you go up to the panhandle in Texas, it turns into a dust bowl because cotton just eats up that soil and it dries it all out. Hemp doesn't do that. Do you anticipate hemp maybe taking the place of uh, polyester in a lot of the textiles? It possibly could. A lot of people right now are making plastics with it, trash bags. What they do is they break down the resin and they put it through a, a mill and they get all the, the powder of it. And that goes and gets formed into some kind of a, like a block. And it's a block where they can actually heat it up. And we've got people that are doing trash bags that will decompose in a landfill in less than a year. Wow. Well, Rudy, we're almost out of time. And what I'm going to do is on the uh, podcast notes, I'm going to put your uh, website address and a contact information for you because I'm sure there's people out there that may have some questions. I know I still have questions and I'll talk to you about that after the recording. But uh, is there anything you'd like to uh, say before we before we go? I think look forward to seeing me more often around the farming or agricultural area that can actually help out farmers. And on the business side, you never know what commodity might be able to help out with your own Latino business that's out there, especially construction or if it's going to be something to where uh, you're looking at clothing. Let's help each other out by talking about it and we might be able to connect in a way that we'll be able to uh, benefit from each other. Let's just stay hemp. It's cool to be hemp. Okay. It's cool to be hemp. Okay, guys, you've been listening to the Latino Business Report. My name is J.R. Gonzalez. I'm your host. And we've been here with Rudy Montes. And Rudy, I forgot to mention at the top of the show, thank you for your service, sir. I know that you are former military and are getting out with some other veterans and actually going into this hemp project. So congratulations and good luck with that. If you like what you've heard, go ahead and give us a like. You can follow us on uh, Podbean or any place you prefer to listen to podcasts. We're there. Give us a like, give us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, Rudy, I'm thinking hemp, buddy. I'm thinking hemp. <laughs> <laughs>